0: We all want this mountaintop experience, but we don't want the valley experiences and the valley is where sometimes you can't see the path because of all of the growth, right? And sometimes you got to pull out the machete and cut your own way through, Mm. other times you got to stand there, take a deep breath, look around. And Sometimes you'll see that little tiny game trail of a rabbit, you know, Um, and then sometimes it opens up and it's more of a clear footpath.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Caged Vision podcast with a very very special guest, Larry Broughton, who has got some amazing stories and he is a he's an entrepreneur, he's a speaker, he's an author and he has found his way in through through some pretty difficult times to 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 just continue to uh, persist and to continue to get off of that moment where you're stuck on go and i really hope today we can uncover a lot of that because larry's got some great stories larry welcome
0: hey thanks for having me here this is gonna uh, be fun yeah
1: What's it's it? gonna be fun <laughs> tell me tell me fill in the gaps what did i miss? give people a little bit more uh, background about you
0: oh gosh um so i've got a lot of background i'm kind of uh tomorrow's my birthday i'll be 57 happy so, birthday so um there's a lot thank you there's so there's a lot of uh Uh, of the roller coaster ride. You can't capture all that in a 30 second intro, but you know, some of the highlights, I guess, Um, I've got um, uh, an amazing twin brother and a couple of sisters, also amazing, that um, really inspire me to do great things. Um, I grew up in a pretty small rural town in uh, Western New York, spent some time in the military. We can probably touch on that in a little bit because that really helped crystallize some of my thinking. And um, I'm just the classic serial entrepreneur, still trying to figure out what I'm going to do when I grow up.
1: I love <laughs> it. Seems like you've figured things out. So let's go. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, let's start. I like to start out with
0: a little bit of a silly couple questions. Right. Steak or fish? Ah, Boy, you caught me at a time, at a, at a transition time. When I'm feeling healthy, I do uh, uh, steak, believe it or not. I have found I feel stronger when I'm eating uh, steak, but I do love fish. I just have been Binging on sushi lately, so uh, so yeah. Uh, but uh, I think steak helps me feel strong.
1: Ah, oh, very good. Beach or mountains?
0: Beach. And you have both, right? Well, Anaheim. What's That's Anaheim That's like? That's why to stall there for a second. because yeah. Crying out loud, um, I am absolutely blessed that some of the places I go, some of my favorite places on earth, is where the beach and the mountains meet, like Santa Barbara. For, for so instance. beautiful, like there's there's strength where the mountains uh, touch the beaches. So yeah, here in California, I can be both at the same time.
1: Oh, yeah. I love that. If you're a guest listening, two references to strength, and we're not even two minutes in. I love it. Like, <laughs> all right. you might, there yeah. might be a theme here. Yeah, <laughs> no, I love it. Let's go with it. So east or west coast, and this is well, this might be a struggle because you grew up east coast. I've been on now both, you're, but yeah, yeah. I,
0: uh, I think a lot of innovation happens here on the west coast uh, where I am. And as they say, where California goes, so goes the country. Um, so, so true. Yeah.
1: So true, and you and you have got. So you mentioned the military in it. There's a quote that you that you you know, So I heard about Larry uh, on a podcast, and everybody knows that I, who listens to this show, that I just am an avid podcast listener. There's um, a a gentleman named Ed Millette who interviewed um, Larry, and just the it was amazing, great episode. And you said something and I'm going to get it wrong so please correct me and I'll get you started on it but it was okay. it was something to the effect of weak times ah yeah
0: yeah yeah well I think we were kind of just lamenting on the commentary on how we we're, who we are as a society r- right now yeah and um there are a couple of messages that I heard pretty quickly after I got into the special operations community a long time and the first one was um that individuals play the games but it's teams that beat the odds and that's just a commentary on this whole lone wolf myth that we get sucked into but the second one that i think is more um impactful for our entire society is this tough times create tough men now of course you can insert woman non-binary right, whatever you right, want right, to right, that. Right. But tough yeah. times create tough men tough men create easy times easy times create weak men weak men create tough times. And so there's a cycle that we tend to get into here. And my sense is, I think this is what we were, I was talking to Ed about, is that uh, in spite of the war on terror, and the, the wars that we've been into recently, um, we've had the longest economic positive run in our history. Um, and here in the US, if you are in the US, then we've, had, we've created some pretty easy times. Mm. And so that's created some weak people. And so this whole bubble wrap, phenomenon I think that we're that we see particularly among our young men in the country uh, could be dangerous
1: for yeah us. I love that I love when you said that it just settled into me for you know as a culture absolutely yeah but then as a business person and you do a lot of mentoring as well right yeah, yeah I do yeah and so it, it for young entrepreneurs I really thought about the amount of cash in the market right now yeah I mean you have got to be able to feel like they don't know. They don't know. They don't,
0: they, they, don't. Don't,
1: they don't know. Do you don't know what it is to get down to ramen noodles to figure that's, it out? Right.
0: That's right. And there is easy cash uh, out there right now because we call it inpatient cash. And so it's silly money. You know, it's got to get placed. And so um, there are a lot of people are investing in businesses that they wouldn't invest in if it were tougher times, mm. right? It's much more selective. But I was having this conversation with my daughter recently, who's off to college for the first time, about the pain of eating ramen noodles. Yeah, you about know, her a little ramen noodle cooker that I yeah. didn't even have when I was, yeah. you know, younger. You know, you could throw that in the microwave. Um, but yeah, I, I think that there is character is built during those tough times. It really is. I mean, there's a reason why the post-World War II generation or the World War II generation was called the greatest generation. A lot of those men and women that went off to fight, whether they fought here on our soil or actually went to the factories to build munitions um, for that war effort, were products of the depression. Hmm. They were already tough before they picked up the sword, right? Yeah um, And then they came back and came back and served. Um, we have not really been invaded here in this country in a long time. I'm not wishing that on us. Please believe me, I'm not. There are other ways to get tough besides going to war. Yeah. But but it's just character building stuff that we're talking about, but about, you know, eating ramen noodles sometimes um, and do it not just for a week and not just for, you know, a month. but I mean, a season of your life where you're scraping along the bottom. That builds character.
1: And it's that mental mental preparedness, the mental toughness that, you know what, you know, anybody can eat ramen noodles for, a meal, mm-hmm. or, or, or a day, or maybe even a week, but it's that mindset that I'm going to do whatever I have to do to, to, to weather this storm, knowing that I'm going to persevere on the other side.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: you've been through a lot. You've been through a lot. So t- take me from uh, the journey after your, your military stint. What was after that?
0: Well, while I was in the military, I decided I wanted to go to school because I had barely graduated high school, and I didn't have any confidence when I got out of high school that I had any kind of academic um, capacity at all. as it turns out, I'm dyslexic, uh, couldn't read, so I barely read or could barely read when I got out of high school. I knew into, i I knew intuitively that I was intellectually smart, but no one else around me knew that. you know, when you're basically failing your way through high school. Um, and, um, you know, you bomb the SATs, you know, you think, well, there's all kinds of indicators that you, that you're not a smart person, but, um, I ended up taking the ASVAB, the armed services, vocational aptitude battery to get into the military, did really well on that, um, got into special forces, uh, traveled around and I started just getting really, uh, acutely aware of, uh, that these were just people who are making these decisions for countries, people like you and me. Um, and that if they could do it, I could do it. And so I got interested in the political process and public policy and um, and thought I wanted to get into the State Department or maybe run for political office one day. And um, I'd done a lot of training and uh, schooling while I was in the military, so I realized I could now do this. I'd learned how to read more effectively. I learned how to learn. Um, And uh, so I thought I'd go to college. So I, I moved to San Francisco where I had a couple of friends who were living at the time. Uh, I decided to go to college, and so my first job out of the military was as at a as a night auditor at a little motel in the tenderloin in san francisco and uh, so I went in at eleven o'clock at night and got off at seven in the morning and then went to school during the day mm. and so that was my um, uh, that was the extent of my transition from the military <laughs> to civilian space so um, so I want to go back because i am Growing up, I tell the story of, um,
1: you know, my my mother sort of instilled in me that you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be able to you're gonna do something big one day. So I had that, you know, she, she put that she, I had that this belief system, and um, but I also around fourth grade I got put into a special group in the back of the class, and it, and it wasn't uh, for those who were excelling. In my case, I was struggling with reading my struggle was reading comprehension Uh so i would read it it just i wouldn't if i had to go read it and then turn around and apply it i just couldn't do it i have to read three or four times yeah and so when you start to get into standardized tests man that just crushes you so you went from that and you said you know went in special forces but you said at some point there you said i had decided if they could do it i could do it too what you said is when I didn't have confidence, somehow I found confidence. Talk yeah. to me about that.
0: Well, I'm not the, listen, I, I understand I've got a high IQ. I didn't know that at the time, but I knew that I was able to uh, connect the dots. So, um, thank goodness I was introduced to martial arts uh, while I was, you know, in, in high school. And, um, and then after high school, I really got into martial arts. But I was in Boy Scouts while I was a kid. And, um, I think it was there that I realized if I just follow the path of other people who have already laid this out for me, Mm. um, I may not be the smartest, uh, may not be the biggest or the strongest or the toughest, but what I realized is that tenacity is one of those things that boy, if I can, I knew at a young age, I could grind people out. I just knew I could outweigh them. I could outfight them. I could just outlast them. If if I had to white knuckle it, I knew I could white knuckle uh, success. But crying a lot. If I could just follow the path, like that's the great thing about martial arts and about Boy Scouts, right? Um, you're a white belt before you're a whatever whatever style a, a right. gold belt. Yeah. If you just follow the path, you're going to become a black belt if you just hang in there long enough. Yeah. You join the boy scouts if you're you know you start out as a nothing and if i just follow the path that people have laid out for me and i just do what i'm told i'm going to become an eagle scout mm. and that's what i did um and i apply that to my life i i, I love innovation but it, there are times in our lives when we just have to show up and do what people who are further down the path tell us mm. uh, and why we fight that i don't know but sometimes it's it's human nature. And believe me, I don't want automatons. I don't I don't like what the industrial age has done to our education system because it hasn't our education system hasn't kept up with it. Um, but there are times to innovate, and there are times just to follow the freaking rules. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, so, but that it's hard to discern the difference sometimes. Yeah.
1: No, I I agree with that. You everybody wants to put their own flair or their own version on something.
0: Which is awesome sometimes, but when I hear what I, I was saying, hey, if they can do it, I can do it too. Right. Um, early on, I knew, like, I've never been, I've never had this um, desire to canonize celebrities or politicians. Right. I knew that they're just people like you and you and me. Yeah. Right? And I just figured, boy, if if they can make it, then there's got to be something. They're not any better than I am. Sure. I I have a mentor years ago who told me that this seems to come up a lot. So it's it's important in my life. He he described me as being an egomaniac with an inferiority complex. (laughs) And at first that hurt. That was like a kick in the gut. Right. You're an egomaniac with an inferiority complex. Neither of those are great. You don't describe somebody that you love as an egomaniac and you don't describe somebody that you love as, Boy, you got an inferiority complex. But then what I realized is that um, I don't know a high achiever who isn't an egomaniac. I don't know a high achiever who doesn't have an inferiority complex. And his point was, you have this vision that you can do anything. And that you're unstoppable, but at the same time, you're always looking over your shoulder like, oh, yeah. Someone's right on my tail. And if I yeah. don't work a little bit harder, somebody else is going to, right? Um, and so it's this weird combination, this weird dichotomy. And so I learned to embrace it. Yeah. And, um, and I wish that your viewers could see the look on your face right now, uh, because that's the, once it resonates with you, like, yeah, of course that's the way it is. Well, it's that self-embrace that.
1: Yeah, it's that self-talk. And, you know, yes. um, Yes, you have to believe that you can accomplish something that others think you can't. Mm-hmm. People will quickly say that's ego. And then you, at the same exact time, have to be able to, set, to look and say, no one thinks I can do this.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'm going to prove them wrong. It's this paranoia
0: Absolutely. that
1: and maybe maybe that, is, that may persistence sits right in the middle. Mm-hmm. And that's the bouncing back and forth that nudges to slowly f- forward. It's this, I know I can do it. I just have to follow someone else's path. And there's there's a path out there. I just have to find it. Yeah. Some people look a little too hard for it, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and th- that same mentor talked about that with, with me because what I used to do is I couldn't see the path. I used to push and shove my way to get there. And sometimes it was literally pushing and shoving people out of the way. And you know, the kind of the analogy was, you know, I was the guy, if I was climbing the ladder, I was the guy who had my boot on your throat if it meant I was going to get up higher. And, And he had a good point. He said, Larry, listen, if you got to fight to get it, you got to fight to keep it. And sometimes you just got to let, you just got to be in the flow. Mm. Um, And so um, there's a reason sometimes, listen, we all want this mountaintop experience, but we don't want the Valley experiences and the valleys where sometimes you can't see the path because of all of the growth Right, and sometimes mm-hmm. you got to pull out the machete and cut your own way through. Mm-hmm. But other times you got to stand there, take a deep breath, look around, and sometimes you'll see that little tiny game trail of a rabbit, you know, um, and then sometimes it opens up and it's more of a clear footpath. But too often we just get panicky, and if we feel like, oh my gosh, i have stalled for a minute, that I'm failing. Mm-hmm. That's not it at all. Sometimes it's the universe saying, hey, it's time to take a break, take a breath. So hard, isn't it? Oh my gosh, it's hard. If you're a high achiever, it is because I think society tells us you got to be moving, you got to be achieving, you got to be doing all this kind of stuff. And if it's not visual, it means that um, you're, not doing, you're, you're not making progress. Um, but um, there's a term that, that I learned years ago, and I use it now, and it's called holy loafing. And instead of like, I'm taking a breather, I've stopped, I'm not doing anything right now. Holy loafing is taking a moment, taking a deep breath, and listening to the universe, God, Gaia, mm-hmm. whoever it is that you mm-hmm. listen to, ourselves sometimes, hey, what am I supposed to be learning in this moment right now? Mm. Some people call it daydreaming, right? But when I was a kid, I would, I would get caught daydreaming, quote unquote, in class. And I literally got sent to the principal's office one time and was told, um, you know, stop your daydreaming, stop being so lazy. Mm. And the truth is no innovation has ever happened without daydreaming. No, it hasn't. No, it hasn't. Every wonderful idea, whether it's the Tesla car or electricity, or you name the invention, someone sat around daydreaming. What if? Yeah. And it's not lazy.
1: There's a, there's a, um, and I'll, and I'll botch the story a little bit, but there's a Henry Ford story of, uh, one executive walked down the hall and there was, you know, this executive sitting on the end and he had his, he had his, um, his feet sitting up on the table and they said, well, what's that person doing over there? He's got his feet up on the table. And he said, um, you know, that, that person right there, his idea saved me $10 million. There you go. And it's and it's that ability to, to think um, freely but that, you know, um, we don't all get that luxury to have the uh, corner office with our feet on the table. So talk to me about, you're, you're here, you're, you've got this, you're working the night shift. Yes. And then at, at some point you say, uh, I've, I've got a vision for, for maybe maybe what I could do in this industry.
0: Yeah, yeah. Listen, I wish that I had this um, conversion moment where it was like a lightning strike and thunderclap or whatever the saying goes, uh, but it was really a journey to be honest with yeah. you. I, um, I thought I wanted to be in the political arena and the hotel business was just kind of a means to an end. It was paying my way through school, paying my rent. I'd worked on a co- couple of poli- uh, several political campaigns on both sides of the political aisle, trying to figure out where I was going to fit hmm. and realize I don't fit in either party. And I just realized I didn't have thick enough skin to be running for office because I kind of speak my mind hmm. um, and I'm not always politically correct. And so I knew that wasn't going to be the space uh, for me. But at the same time, um, I was showing up like it mattered. I was actually, even though I knew this was not going to be my career, um, I'd learned of a concept in the special operations uh, community that, you know, about pursuing excellence in everything that we do. Even if it's not my job, even if it's not my responsibility, if the job needs to be done, I'm going to step in and do it. And I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. And I always ask, imagine how would your life be different if, That was the approach that you took. The Greeks call it arate. If you pursued excellence in everything that you did, Mm. and so I was kind of recognized by the the owner and boss of this uh, little hotel when they came in to renovate it. That that's kind of what my spirit was. And so because of that, opportunity was handed to me. Um, Because it's so rare. I mean, I mean, look around, and I'll bet you in just your interactions today, you've probably seen some people working in a retail space who don't want to be pulling the espresso drinks at the coffee bar and you can see it on their face. Yeah, they're wearing Or it. the Lyft driver that I had the other day who's like, dude, you should not be even dealing with the public. Even in this capacity, you're that grumpy. Um, but if you pursue excellence, I mean, the difference uh, over a year of someone who is in a tipped position, like this crappy Lyft driver, getting 0% tip or a 10% tip, any 25% tip adds up. Oh, yeah. Right? And so just show up like it matters, I think, is really the key. And so the transition just happened in, in that I kept my eyes open. And if, some, if somebody said, hey, can you help me out on this or can you try this? I said, why not? Hmm. Let me try it. Let me see if I can help you out on it. Let me see if, I, if I'm any good at it. And so over time, I realized this hotel business offered a lot of things that suited my personality um, had, and interest between marketing and finance and real estate and leadership and team building and um, customer service and, you know, all of the things that go into business, I started realizing that um, this entrepreneurial path is probably the one for me. And when I realized, when I look back at my younger days, I was always in leadership positions, even as a kid. Um, and um, I was always looking for consensus building. I was the kid for a while who was breaking up fights in in school and trying to get people to get on the same page instead Mm of battling each other, right? And so all of that stuff, I started realizing that those are the makings of a primary leader. And again, why not me? Yeah, why not? Why not me? You know, and I realized that why not me oftentimes is when people say, well, not me because, and they start listing all these reasons, it's usually out of fear or the feeling of inadequacy. Okay. So,
1: yeah, so I want, I want to go there because you say, why not me? And a lot of people have that conversation with themselves and they entertain that, why not me? And they sort of, and you, and you mentioned daydream, they dream about what could be and they stop. Mm-hmm. And what I've found is the reason we call this podcast the Caged Vision Podcast
0: uh-huh.
1: is if you don't get that out, it will haunt you.
0: It does. It will day. haunt
1: you. So you have to find a way. We want to build, uh, give encouragement and provide confidence to those who are who feel like I have more to give. And so at that moment where you felt more to give, uh, like you had more to give, I, what I'm hearing you say is, number one, you said yes when challenged. Number two, you showed up like it mattered.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah. And, and
1: And you just said, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it and do it in a way where even if it's not the best of ideas, I'm going to jump in. And because I put my name on it, I'm going to make sure it matters.
0: I just pulled off my wall here. This It's a picture of, it's a quote by Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. From a speech that he gave called the man in the arena. Um, and uh, your listeners can just type in Teddy Roosevelt man in the arena quote. What that talks about is not being afraid of this, the, the critical self-talk or the critical talk of the people who are around you, because it's those timid souls who live great lives of mediocrity on the sideline, that the glory really needs to go to the man or woman um, who are willing to step into the arena, get bloodied, get marred, get, you know uh, get mud in their mouth and face and eyes and up their nose, but fight on. Hmm. that's where the glory belongs, but we are so afraid of failing, and we're so afraid of what other people think, that that's why I think we get caged. More than anything else, I think it's fear. Hmm. Fear of failure, fear of what people are going to say, fear of how it's going to look, fear of not knowing, fear of the unknown, Um, and sometimes we just have to take action, and oftentimes we don't know what action to take, and so you just take a step. All right, Larry, I don't know what direction to take that step. Well, I think you do. You know the difference between right and wrong. You know the difference between good and evil. Step to the good side first. Yeah. Right? And then just keep keep taking course corrections along the way. Um, and then once that happens, those baby steps, those couple of baby steps get you two baby steps closer to somewhere. We may not even know where, but ultimately at some point momentum starts to to pick mm-hmm. up. You know, and it's the big mo. Um, that actually changes lives. But the big mo doesn't come until we have courage. Mm. Courage changes everything. Courage changes absolutely everything in our lives. And I'm not talking about, you know, you've got to be a Medal of Honor recipient. I'm talking about just the courage to get out of bed in the morning with a positive attitude. Like, I get to go do this, not I have to go do this. You know, the courage to stand up to your boss. You know, the courage to... Say what's on your mind to your significant other. The courage to say no sometimes. Um, The courage to look like an idiot or a fool. Hmm. How many times have we not done something that we know we should because we've been afraid and we lack courage? So good. There's a saying uh, that's on a plaque at West Point that everybody in the Army knows, to do the hard right over the easy wrong. Oh, that's so good. It takes courage to do the hard right. It mm-hmm. takes, it, it's easy to fudge a financial statement and not tell your investors mm-hmm. what's going on. It's easy not to tell your significant other, hey, I think I'm falling out of love with you or hey, I flirted with somebody I shouldn't have flirted with today. It's easy to do that. It's hard to speak the truth. But if you got the courage to do it, it changes everything.
1: That is, that is so good. So you're, um, you take the step. And you start. And the courage is is I love that you mentioned courage because that's really what it is. It's a, it's that um it is you're on the edge and it's just that willingness to take action. How do you go about you, you said just take the first step, and I and, and an overwhelming theme on this show when I have guests is action. That theme of you just have to start taking action Well we've got a we've got listeners who are maybe either they're thinking about starting a business or they've got a business and things are going well but they, they they have a feeling a gut feeling and maybe some industry trends that are saying you probably need to go this way they're just not taking the leap so talk to me about once you build the courage and 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 you take that first step obviously there's going to be you're going to get knocked down. Talk to me about when you've been knocked down, talk to me about how you've taken that first step and then picked yourself back up and taken that next step.
0: Yeah. I'm not sure what comes first. I don't know if the courage comes first or the first step comes first. I don't know. Yeah. Cause there's been times I've taken a step and I've been absolutely petrified with my knees shaking and think and, and with thoughts that I'm going to throw up if I mm-hmm. do this. Um, It's easier to take that first step. It's easier to tap into courage um, if we've been prepared. So how do you get prepared? Do what you, you've already said it. One of the things, you listen to podcasts all the time. Yeah. So do I. You've got to be constantly putting things into your brain. For us who use our brains a lot, podcasts is like the equivalent to going and doing deadlifts in the gym if you're trying to be a, a power lifter, right? Right. You've got to stretch and And exercise that mental muscle. Yeah. Um, If you are a finance person, uh, the equivalent of a podcast is doing some kind of training on, you know, understanding balance sheets or financial trends. Mm. I just see it all the time. Listen, what you do or what you are doing, and the the list your listeners are rare. We have to understand that we are rare beings. Most people are just going through the motions, or getting up at seven o'clock or eight o'clock in the morning, showing up to their nine o'clock job. Um. Maybe getting two hours of productive work out of it, going home, eating, watching Netflix, going to bed and doing the same thing all over without ever stretching their mind hmm. or developing that mental muscle. Um, so, but you got to take that step. And I don't know where it comes from. Sometimes, sometimes it's out of pain and understanding my best efforts got me here where I am and I don't like it. Hmm. So you hit a bottom of, of some sort you've got to take that first step for sure. Um, but then you have to reflect on it like, oh my gosh, that wasn't so bad after all. It's just a quick little example. Um, like I, one of the things that I do in my spare time is I try to do indoor skydiving, you know, like the I the, the fly type of thing, the vertical wind tunnels, you know, the simulation oh, yeah. skydiving, yeah. right? I've been trying to get my son to go for years with me. And my son is now 15. And um, he is a real introvert. And he analyzes everything. And his first response to a lot of things is no. So after coaxing him, actually taking him a couple of times and him thinking he was going to do it and then not doing it once he got there, then watching me do it. He finally did it a couple of months ago. Loved it when she finally (laughs) did it. Right. Um, And so guess what we're doing tomorrow? Mm. He wanted to go. So now he's initiating it. We need to remember sometimes that thing that we're most frightened of, like a roller coaster can be the funnest thing that we've ever done. If we just take the step, really, what is the worst thing that can happen? Taking a step towards your dream. Really? What is the worst damn thing that's going to happen? Yeah. Most likely yeah. I ain't going to kill you. Well, you know,
1: Larry, you said, you know, it's easier if you're prepared. I, I, I try to say it over and over again, invest in yourself. Whether it's a book or a podcast, uh, or uh, whether you you like to read articles, take the time to invest in your dreams and what you want to achieve, because otherwise, you, it's really just a dream. It's a hope. It's like just go buy a lottery ticket. It's
0: worse. But, to, but yeah,
1: but, but yeah, it is worse. It is worse. <laughs> your chances are less. But but to um, it's so easy to make that shift. To, that decision to invest in yourself and to listen to a podcast or to listen to an audiobook. Right, right. On right. a drive rather than listen to two people feed you a bunch of garbage that's never going to help you achieve anything in your life.
0: Yeah. Dar- um, Darren Hardy, who is the former publisher of Success Magazine, told me once he said that uh, um, his car is his mobile classroom. And he joked, he said, I don't think I could start my car without the back then. I so said, when you had CDs, if I didn't have a learning CD in the dash, my car yeah. won't start. Yeah. That was that was his mentality. That's the way he looked at it. If yeah. I'm in my car, if I'm driving, I am learning. I'm putting yeah. positivity into my brain. That's the way we need to look at this. You know, you, know, you do listening to talk radio or whatever your gig is, you know, and wasting time, be putting positivity into your brain.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I, I went through. I got I got sick, and it was probably a, a, a stress crash. This is probably uh-huh. ten years ago, but Been there. I remember. Yeah, I mean the 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 doctor they tested me for everything infectious disease. I was in the infectious disease unit, Larry. Wow. They te- they thought I had, you know, some form of cancer. They tested my heart, sleep yep. apnea. Yeah. Um, a, a sleep-deprived sleep apnea test, which is, by the way, is the worst thing on the face of the earth. Uh-huh. Um, and at the end of the day, the doctor said, Carrie, we don't know what's wrong with you or if there's even something wrong. But I can tell you this. If you can muster up the strength, and at that time, I didn't have it. But yeah. if you can muster up the strength, tomorrow, I want you to walk to your neighbor's driveway and back. Do you think you can yeah. do that? Now, I, I had three kids at the time. I mean, it was uh, two kids, and my wife was pregnant with her, with her third. It was, um, it was so much stress, and, but I did it. Yeah. And, and to, to think about walking to your neighbor's, and I don't live in the country, so it's not like walking <laughs> to your neighbor's driveway was a big feat. But every single day, I made the decision to wake up and invest in myself, and I have a morning routine. Awesome. And, and part of it, it, the first thing I do is I read. Um, I've got this Bible study app. I feed myself with that. Um, and then I, I, um, I do a little bit of writing and then I work out. And that is my momentum that I, that I sort of in, invest in myself. But I don't turn it off. Like you said, why, why not start your car and have something planned that's going to feed you?
0: Mm-hmm. It's so good. There's there's so much good stuff in in there. It just reminds me, um, my twin brother is um, uh, kind of a big deal in the martial arts community. Um, And I remember watching him teach class one time. And um, the message that he gave them flew in the face of the way a lot of us think, that when we start something new, that we're looking for this absolutely transformational Change. We go to the gym. We go to work out, and overnight we want this, you know, big big transformation in our bodies. But his his thing was this: you just got to show up. Mm -hmm. Number one, you got to show up. But today I want you to work out one percent harder than you did yesterday. That's it. I just want one percent harder. That's all. Just one percent. And then tomorrow I want you to work out one percent harder than than you did today, and keep doing that every day. Darren Hardy talks about that. That's the compound effect. Yes. In life. And so imagine if you did that with your life. All right, so you got a 20-minute drive today. Just listen for two minutes Mm. to a podcast. You're you're trying to get fit. How about this? When you roll out of bed in the morning, if it's your first time, do one push-up. That's it. Just one push-up. But tomorrow, do two push-ups. That's it. It's the small, consistent, incremental things that we do is what leads to transformation in our lives. It's not the big the big c-shifts that we're trying to do overnight no one can do that consistently now
1: nah, nah, so good do small so you,
0: things done consistently that's what that's what moves the needle so needs.
1: good until you feel the momentum and and it's you otherwise said you can't snap your fingers and have momentum no do the small things uh, i love that i love that okay so talk to me about when uh, you've done the small things you've worked through some challenges how do you know when to put gas on something how do you know like okay now, I feel like now's the time.
0: Oh, I wish I had an easy answer for that. But I, I think it, sometimes you know it, mm-hmm. and sometimes you have people telling you, oh, this is cool. Now you're getting, starting to get people's attention. Hey, how do you do that? Well, that's pretty amazing. Just start listening to people. Um, and often, I encourage people, don't listen to family members, for God's sake, unless it's a significant other who says, I'm going to leave you if you do this. Right. For God's sake, don't listen to family and friends. Yeah, Family and friends will tell you what they think you want to hear, not what you need to hear. There's a difference between friends and allies. You must have allies in your life. Allies will tell you, should tell you the truth about things. And so um, we need friends, absolutely. We need family members, absolutely. But if you are pursuing, I'm going to put air quotes around this, success, in anything you must have allies a good if you're trying to be going to the Olympics right um, you've got to have a good coach who is your ally who drags your lazy butt out of bed at 5 o'clock in the morning pushes you that one extra rep that's who allies are mm-hmm. they see the potential in you that you might not see in yourself and um, and so that, I, I think it's really important that we, that we do that. So how do you pour fuel on the fire when you keep your ears open to the right people?
1: So talk to me about that, because really, as you talked and you talked about allies and you talked about a coach, I mean, you really you're, you're touching on mentors. And how, what do you do to attract those people? What, what do you do to attract, attract those people mentors? that are not just going to attack you? Not the people that are going to tell you what you want to hear, but
0: those that are going to be true allies, Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think you got to ask first, you need to do a needs assessment before you do a needs assessment. You need to identify what are your own personal strengths in life and in business. There are two strength assessments that I encourage everybody to take. One is called the Colby a index K O L B E a index. And the other is the Clifton strengths assessment used to call it used to be called the Gallup strength finders. Um, my feeling is this, um, the people who struggle in life, um, the people who are just mediocre performers in work are oftentimes those people who are working outside their inherent strengths. I mean, just imagine your life of every day, you got to go spend 60, 70, 80, 90% of your time on doing things that you enjoyed. And were, usually we enjoy the things that we're good at, mm. if it, your strength. Imagine if you could do that. Sadly, studies have shown that we spend less than 20% of our day doing things that, we're, that are inside our strengths. No wonder people, people feel like life is a grind yeah. at the yeah. time. So identify what your strengths are, I think, is, is a first step uh, in that. Once you do your needs assessment, like here's where I am right now, um, you need to start uh, just asking people who are further down the path than you mm-hmm. are. And they don't need to be 15 miles down the path further than you, but a few steps. Mm-hmm. right? Because, mm-hmm. um, I remember, um, um, somebody coming to me and say like, oh, I can't hire somebody that's, you know, I, I can't afford a hundred thousand dollars a year for a mentor. I can't afford $50,000 a year on a mentor, which I've done mm-hmm. before. But when you multiply those years of experience times it, and you see what all of a sudden your capacity or what uh, your earning potential can be after that, then that's, that's, this is the investment you're talking about. But what if they were just a year ahead of you in school? What if you were a freshman and you said, hey, you went to the sophomore and said, hey, can you help me understand this? Here's, here's, when, when my kids were in, in grade school, um, at the, they, they went to a private school here in Orange County. I remember i um, being in first grade and looking at the fourth graders like they were gods. <laughs> Yeah. You remember this? You've got kids. Yeah. Mom, it, your first graders look at the fourth graders like, oh, they have got it all together, man. Yeah. yeah. Holy smokes. <laughs> we look at fourth graders like, oh, my gosh, they are just, you know, they don't know anything. Right. But the fourth graders used to go in and they were the reading buddies for the first graders.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. So you don't need to go find somebody who's got a PhD in whatever you're trying to learn. Go to somebody who's just a couple of steps in, in front of you. But. If you want a long-term mentor, I would really be careful of just going out and looking on the internet and find, yeah. finding somebody who's got some kind of coaching and mentoring program. Because sadly, we are in an era, era where there are a lot of fake gurus out yeah. there. They're yeah. great at marketing their own services. But I'm a, this is just me. This is my personal opinion. Um, I want to have a mentor in my life who's not only been there and done that, but's currently doing it. I know a lot of people who have quote unquote successful mentoring programs who've never run a business and they're coaching, they're coaching entrepreneurs. Um, but they're great marketers. Yeah. They got a lot of turnover in it, but, um, like the the business leadership marketing techniques of today, uh, wouldn't have worked 20 years ago and vice versa. So I'd be careful, but you gotta, you gotta ask. And I think you got to, ultimately you have to have a board of advisors in your business yeah. and in your personal life. There was, yeah. I don't right now, but I used to have a personal board of advisors and I used to have a business board of advisors. And then there were two people um, that were on both. Cause I didn't want to be telling my personal board of advisors one thing and telling my professional board of advisors. Yeah. Another thing I know me, I need somebody to hold me accountable.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Well, I've, I've, you know, I've felt the pain of not building a board of advisors. And it probably, you know, to your, to your point earlier, I invest in myself, but also um, in, in for some reason, just feel like I need to, you know, shoulder it all myself. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's just a mistake. And, and you think about, to your point, the investment of however many thousands of dollars, just wait until something goes wrong and do the math
0: then. That's right. And it's a dollar mistake every single day. Yeah. yeah. I think that is one of the things that holds people back is that they're so afraid to make a mistake. But if you had six or eight or four board members who are older, wiser, bolder, brighter than you are, who just want to see you succeed because they believe in you and for no other reason, and they'll they'll take that call at two o'clock in the morning or at noon when you say, hey, I've got this opportunity. What do you think? you're more likely to act.
1: And it's so cool. It's probably worked this way for you. But I've had people that have invested in me. And then in turn, they have said, hey, and it wasn't a, um, you know, because you did this, I'm asking you to do this. It was just a natural flow. And they said, hey, could you help out this person? Just this week, I had somebody reach out to me through this one circle of influence. And I was able to connect him in a and literally, it took me one, one minute, I read the email, and I said, I know exactly who to connect yeah. him to. Yeah. He's connected him to a group of investors, literally could change his world. That yeah. goes back to someone, not me investing in this guy, somebody investing in me first.
0: Paying it forward.
1: Paying it forward.
0: I, yeah. Exactly. I, I, I'd helped out a buddy recently, a couple of times, and he sent me an email and said, oh man, I wish there was something I can do. I promise you that when this happens, I'm going to Pay you back? I said, absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely. Not. You pay it forward to somebody else who asked you for help. Yeah. At one point, you say, "Oh man, that is so cool," because that's where I was. You know, um, several years ago, um, I burned my life down to the ground, and didn't have a mentor at the time. wasn't in a mastermind uh, at the time, and um, wasn't being honest with my spouse uh, at the time about where we were financially what was going on in business. And I was just so embarrassed that I was in over my head. I didn't want to admit it to anybody. And so finally, when things really crashed and my wife left and, and, um, you know, I kind of hit what looked like bottom, but it wasn't, um, um, I said, I've got to reach out and ask for help. And when I started sharing this with a guy who ended up becoming a mentor of mine for a long time, he said, why didn't you reach out earlier? Who do you think you are? And I said, well, I didn't think I was too embarrassed. I didn't think anybody would would help me and he said all right dude if someone came to you in the current economic climate that it's in and they said hey Larry can you help me out my life is crashing down around me would you help them I said well of course I would yeah well why do you think other people wouldn't help you then we just get so wrapped up in this negativity this dark voice in our head that says oh you're so very bad You are worse than anyone else out there. No one's gonna help you, you freaking loser. Mm. Just squirrel up in the closet. That's exactly where the dark side wants us.
1: That is exactly. But one one shine the light on it. One lunch. If you do, if you take that again, it comes back to action, Larry. If you take the action, you ask for help. One lunch, and I had one today, someone that said, Hey, I want to go to lunch with you. One lunch will give you a boost. Because you feel like that person is investigating me yep. and it changes the game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But you've got to do it with the right spirit and the right heart. If you go in just to quote unquote, pick someone's brain, what can you do for me? Yeah. That's bad. Yeah. That's bad. Uh, but I think if you go in with the spirit of vulnerability and say, Hey, Carrie, I, I really need some help. I really appreciate what you've done in your life. And I know that there's been difficult times and I, frankly, I I don't even know how I could ever repay you. Yeah. Um, but you're going with that kind of vulnerability. Um, th- I think people are willing to help, help you yeah. out. But if you're yeah. going with this arrogance of just, Hey, can you open up your Rolodex and wh- what can you do for me? And it's kind of yeah. this creepy, greedy type of approach. No one's going to want to help you. But here's yeah. where, this is where humility comes in. Humility's yeah. powerful, man. And, yeah. and, it, it, and it flies in the face of what a lot of people are teaching you about, you know, uh, winning at all costs kind of thing. Vulnerability is powerful. I remember when the word surrender creeped into my life at one point, and I used to think that, that surrender was a sign of weakness. And the truth is it's courageous to let go. It's courageous to surrender. It's courageous to say, I don't know. I mean, how often are you in a meeting and you know that somebody is just BSing you, they're tap dancing because they want to sound like they're right when you just wish they'd say, I don't know, but let's figure that thing out. Yeah. Don't, don't you just have so much more respect for somebody like that? Because when you go in, I mean, we have pretty good BS um, detectors. Well,
1: especially right? these days because everybody's under attack. There's always, you know, yeah. with your with your phone, it's always you're under attack, you're under attack. Yeah. And so if I, yeah. I, I, I feel like... Um, you know, we don't have the choice, but to be raw and genuine, you know, part of my challenge is I'm a, my personality, I'm a driver. I've, I've got an agenda. My, with my clients, my agenda is helping them achieve their agenda. But before we get to know one another, they feel like I have an agenda. And that's a, that's a struggle um, it's just a personality trait. You go back to you talking about the Cody Index, and um, yeah. I've done one called the um, Culture Index. I don't I know have, if you've heard of that one. I have, yeah. Yeah, and so um, you know, it's 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 tapping into that. But I love the um, I love that not having all the answers and that vulnerability. That you know what yeah. I want to work with you together to figure this out.
0: Well, you were sharing that about, um, by the way, you're right. Um, you were sharing that about your clients sometimes feel like like you've got an agenda. Yeah. Um, I, I had, there was a, a woman This popped into my mind yesterday. Um, so there's a, a guy in LA who has a, a mastermind group that I oftentimes go and speak at. He holds these big seminars. I go speak at him and he had, and he's one of these guys who attracts a lot of celebrities that mm-hmm. you would know. You turn on the TV and you know these people may they go to his uh, masterminds and that kind of thing. And so there's a, there's a woman, um, who is absolutely struggling and, uh, and I'm being, I'm. Intentionally not using names because I don't want to call yeah, her out yeah, yeah. but she um so the guy who runs the program said, "Hey, Larry, listen, you're an entrepreneur. I think you could really help her. Do you mind just spending having a lunch with her and helping her so she and her partner showed up business partner uh to the, this lunch, and um so we sat there for a couple of hours and just really dissected her business and solved her problem and said, oh, this is so powerful, this is awesome, you know all those things that you People like you and I want to hear, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And she said, but why are you doing this? Why are you taking time out of your day to do that? Like, what do you want from me? You know, because she's this very attractive yeah. celebrity. So I think she's so used to people wanting stuff from her. I said, I want this. I want the juice. I'm codependent. Yeah. And I get a high out of helping other people. That's all I want. You know, but I don't, I what I don't want is... For me to waste my time here, give you all these ideas, and you do nothing with it.
1: Gosh, I'm so glad you said that because I love helping people, but I get so frustrated. And it probably comes back to my personality and my agenda. I want them to to do something with it. Yeah. I don't want to just. Uh, I want them to take it and take action because I know what action can give you, what it can provide you that confidence um so good though I'm so I, I have i are not had alone that. no yeah I've had that before with that maybe I'm listen, codependent
0: you are of course you are doing what you're doing yes you are codependent that's <laughs> the first step brother so I just reached into my pocket because um oftentimes when people say like what's in it for you then yeah. I say listen I'm at a point in my life where I don't have to do this yeah but what I've committed to I, I carry two things in my pocket every day one is my special forces coin and it reminds me of my heritage where i where i've been and the other is this little pewter globe that's just this tiny little thing um and i roll it around in my fingers i put my hands in my pocket and i can feel it and it's a reminder what's in it for me well what's in it for me is helping me get to my goal which is reaching millions uh and across the world through entrepreneurship and leadership i think it's entrepreneurship and leadership that's going to change the trajectory of our lives more people have been lifted out of poverty through entrepreneurship and capitalism than any other social program that's out there what's in it for me you taking action on the stuff that we just discussed and paying it freaking forward. Yes. That's the for me. Yes. You me get to my own goals by you doing this.
1: Boom. Drop the mic right there. <laughs> Larry, so good. Hey, tell me about the next 10 years for you.
0: Oh my gosh. Um, you know, I wish I could tell you that I've got this big strategic plan. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't. I mean, I know there are some things that I want to do. I want to grow the hotel company. I want to, um, impact the world. I want to travel. I want to see my kids grow and make big impacts. Um, but um, I'm in a point in my life, Carrie, where I just try, try to keep myself open to opportunities. Mm. Um, the next 10 years, I want to be a better man than I am today. I want to be a better spiritual being than I am today. I want to be more open-minded. If those things happen, then I'm going to have a better I'll have a better business. I'll have a, uh, I'll make, make more impact through entrepreneurship. Um, you know, my, my sense is 10 years uh, from now, I'm 57 now, I'll be 67. I think I'm, I think I'm about to reach my stride. Mm. Um, I, I don't believe in retirement. I tried retiring once um, and I hated it. Um, I think I'm going to work until I drop. Now, work is, is, depends on what you mean by that. Right. But um, I'm entering the era in my life. I mean, I have this white beard right now. I'm kind of like the wise sage. I used to be the young rebel, (laughs) the maverick, (laughs) you know, and now I'm I'm the wise sage. I think I'm going to have more impact in the next 10 years than I've ever had in my life. Oh, so good. How do people get in touch with you, Larry? Um, So I'm on all the social media platforms. It's at Larry Broughton, uh, B-R-O-U-G-H-T-O-N. Instagram is really where I live mostly. Yeah, um, I've I've got sick of the um, negativity on Twitter. I don't mm. I can't remember the last time I've sent a tweet. Yeah. Um, it's just too negative. I'm at a point in my life. I'm looking for positivity, not negativity. Yeah. And um, but social media platforms. I've got a you know you can go to thelarrybroughton.com. Uh, um, and that directs you to the hotel company, to my speaking stuff, and to my coaching stuff, and and all that kind of stuff. But um, uh, yeah, it, I'm, it's very easy. At Larry yeah. Broughton.
1: Very good. Okay, Larry, yes. you have delivered some great um, encouragement and confidence. I do have one question for you. Right. I'd like to close with this. And that is, if you could give uh, your 20-year-old 20 sel- 20 self one piece of advice, what would it be?
0: Oh, man. Uh, there's, I, I can't give one. I'm sorry. I, again, <laughs> I, I break the rules. Stop listening. Everything you think may be wrong. That's probably one thing. Um, like, I used to have such negative chatter in my head about who I was. It was mm-hmm. all wrong. was all wrong. Um, So just because you think it doesn't mean it's right. Mm. Stop listening to what other people or stop caring about what other people think about you. Is probably a good, good one. And be absolutely tenacious. Mm. Um,
1: Those
0: are I guess I, I would look at what would I tell my 15 year old son is probably a little more accurate, you know, yeah. uh, for, for where I am in, in, in my life. And I would want him to think those things, be tenacious, tenacity, each talent for lunch. I don't care how yes. talented you are. There's a lot of talented people out there living great lives of mediocrity because yeah. they, don't, they don't, they don't, they don't hang in there or they don't have the courage uh, uh. To, to do what needs to be done. Um, there's a lot of people who, who are uh, very happy sitting on the sidelines and, um, you know, right now we call them keyboard cowards or whatever. They're they very quick to tell you how bad you are. The haters.
1: Yeah. Right? But they, but they won't mention their name.
0: Well, they won't mention their name or they're not willing to get out and do it themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just go back to the man in the arena quote by, uh, hmm. by, uh, Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. Um, and just because you got negative chatter in your head doesn't mean that's really true.
1: Yeah. Gosh, so good. Larry Broughton, we, each week, we want to bring just encouragement and confidence. And and my goal, just like when I listen to a book or a podcast, my goal is to deliver at least one nugget of information. This one is packed full, Larry. I am so excited. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for investing your time. Anytime I can help you, let me know. Chat soon. Bye, thanks.